Definitely Baby acknowledges the traditional owners, the Wurundjeri Willem and Boonarong peoples of the Kulin Nation, of the land on which we record and share our stories. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and future, and recognise this unceded land on which we live, work and learn always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everyone, in today's episode I'm joined by the lovely Aviv, who is still relatively fresh in her parenting journey, with her son Eden being four months old at the time that we recorded this, and about five months as the episode is airing. But we get to hear about her free birth that she had with him, including her decision to do so, and how that was a really positive experience for her. And we get to hear about some breastfeeding challenges that she's had, some successes in that area and all of the other juicy things that come with her early parenting journey so far. But let's get into the show. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have you here. Yeah, could you start by introducing yourself and telling everyone a little bit about your family? Yep, so my name is Aviv and I'm 37 years old. Um, we just had our first baby Eden four months ago. And um, yeah, I live in a little studio in Fitzroy with uh, my partner Harry and baby Eden. And that's us. Yeah. I'm from the US. Harry's from Australia. So yeah, Eden's little dual citizen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Great. Handy. <laughs> and how did you and Harry meet? Um, we actually met at Confest. I don't know if you... Oh, yes. I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, it was um, a million years ago. It was such an amazing summer festival. They don't do it in the summer anymore. But um, yeah, we met super briefly there and then we ended up being housemates um, oh, wow. for many years with different partners. And then I decided to leave Australia in 2015 and um, right before I left, I fell madly in love with this guy and mm-hmm. yeah, it took a while to get our feet under us, um, yeah, uh, relationship-wise, but once we did, pretty strong, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. That's lovely. Mm. Yeah. And can you give us a little summary of your pregnancy and your birth with Aiden? Yeah. So um, I, yeah, basically when I, when I started my sort of love story with Harry, I was already, I think I was 29. Um, and I always kind of imagined having a baby at 27. I don't know. I had it in my head um, <laughs> that it would happen for me then. And it just, didn't um, my partner at the time things didn't work out and and with Harry it was you know it was very very tumultuous for many years very international lots of tragic airport goodbyes and we can we can't we can we can't can, breakups and um, so it wasn't like a world that I was ever going to have a baby in and in between times when we uh, weren't together I tried to date you know um, but I was really in love with him. So I wasn't sure if a baby would ever happen for me. And then um, when we got back together, like the final time, I guess, um, (laughs) in 2018, 
yeah, it was very clear, you know, I very much want a baby. And if you don't want that, like, don't mess me around because I don't feel like I have that much time. Um, so yeah, I was clear about that. Yeah. And I also said that I wanted to be married (laughs) before we had a baby. So we only had like a short amount of time really to like get our shit together for all of that. Um, but yeah, we, we took our time anyway, and he proposed to me, um, we went on a trip in 2021. We left the country because I just couldn't be in the country anymore with COVID and everything. It was just too much. So we figured out how to get out. We got out and, um, he proposed in Italy. In a, oh, beautiful. In a place. So romantic. <laughs> romantic. A place, uh, in Florence that was very, very special to us and our love story where he'd, um, Aww. taken care of me through, um, the, the death of my mom. He was with me mm-hmm. and we were in Italy oh, then. So. Yeah. So that was really special. And, um, as soon as he proposed, I said, let's go. And we started trying. Um, so I was 35 when we started trying. Uh, and obviously, when you're that age, I think you really hope uh, that it will go quick. You know, and you have friends. I have a lot of friends that just got pregnant so quickly on the first try or by accident, this kind of thing. So when it didn't happen, I think it was really challenging for me. Um the first few months, you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, takes a few months. That's fine. And we were still on the road. And um, so I didn't mind too much. But once we got back to Melbourne and it was still not happening, yeah, I started to get scared. And I started to do all the things. So see the doctor and um, have Harry see the doctor. And that was hard. Um, so it took us 10 cycles to conceive. And um, by the 10th month, I think I was making us have sex every other day or something. <laughs> like, Gotta get those odds in. <laughs> it's like basically a cuddle before bed and just like. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it didn't affect us negatively too much. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, mm. Yeah. And so I conceived and I, I knew before I saw the pregnancy test, but um, yeah, I didn't do any tests before that one because I didn't want to see the no. And, um, you know, it made sense to, to take that test at that point. And we made a video of it. And I'm so glad we oh, did. Yeah. We saw that little plus mark. It was like, oh, best, so beautiful. Best feeling. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, so nice. Yeah. I was so, so happy. And, um, yeah. And then my pregnancy was pretty uneventful. I mean, I feel really lucky that I didn't get sick at all during my pregnancy. And um, yeah, I kept moving, kept, I was studying and working, working in disability support and working um, in at a women's clinic and uh, walking a lot. And so, yeah, just kept on doing my life. And um, it was lovely. It was magical. It was really special. And then um, I don't know if I mentioned uh, to you that I, I work as a volunteer doula with Birth for Humankind. Um, so I'm pretty passionate about birth and birth work, though I don't see now how I could be on call for a while. But um, so I was pretty committed to having my first child in the hospital just because I thought, oh, maybe one day I'll do my home birth. But for the first, you know, let's be safe. Um, but then I had a client, a young woman um, who was having her baby at the Royal Women's, just like I was with the women's as well. And once I supported her there, I just had this very, very strong feeling that I didn't want to 
give birth there. Not that it's a bad place to give birth. It's actually a lovely, like they had a lovely birth suite with a big tub and amazing showers. And as far as hospital goes, I think it's pretty excellent. Um, And they treated her well. You know, they're always great, especially when there's a doula around. Um, Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think the hospital midwives are extra careful with consent and that kind of thing when there's an advocate. Um, But even despite all of that, like, I just felt like there was something about the floor being cold and hard. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to be on the floor and I just don't want to be on this floor. I I, I was like thinking... I realized that I was thinking things like I'm going to need a whole wagon with like rugs and blankets and stuff. And then I was like, how am I going to get that down the stairs? And (laughs) all these thoughts. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is kind of overthinking. And I think I should just go with my feeling that I want to stay home. Okay. Yeah. Um, I looked into, you know, obviously private midwives and that kind of thing, but the cost is prohibitive. And the other thing, so expensive. very yeah. expensive. And the other thing with private midwives is that, um, you know, they are under for their registration sake, you know, they're under very similar restrictions as the hospital midwives. There's things that they kind of can't let you do or can't support you to do. Um, for example, if your water is broken more than 48 hours, they can't support you to stay home after that. Um, but for me, with my knowledge, I would be comfortable going with how my body felt staying home um um if my waters had broken and I felt okay so that kind of thing yeah so there was a lot of things that a private midwife wouldn't be able to support me in doing that I would have felt comfortable doing myself so um I yeah read a lot and decided to have a free birth and um a supported free birth which means that I just had a doula present um no medical personnel but um my yeah, so I selected a doula. Um, I actually had had a phone call with one before that, um, and that that woman asked if I we had a thirty minute phone call, and then she asked if I had been vaccinated uh, for COVID, and I said yes, yep, I have been, and she was like, oh, then I can't support you, sorry, huh. and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wow, okay, feels so yeah. bad, um, and I knew from attending my friends um supported free birth that yeah there are some doulas and um they're called uh what are they called birth uh birth workers no oh. um they have a special name birth keepers ah oh. uh, yes yep birth keepers um that really do feel strongly about strongly about like mm, just like negatively about the hospital and um, that it's really kind of a measure of your personal strength, whether or not you're able to stay home. Um, and that kind of, I didn't want that attitude at all. I really wanted to be supported by someone who would support me in the hospital, first of all, that would transfer with me if I felt to transfer and who wouldn't judge me for that. Um, mm, yep, definitely. That was a bit challenging because, yeah, a lot of a lot of free birth um, doulas and birth keepers, yeah, they don't they don't want to transfer to hospital, and there is kind of a an attitude around succumbing, I guess. To okay. Feel. And I just the last thing in the world that I would ever want is to be judged for my birth choices. That's why I was doing a free birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up finding my doula Nicole, who's just an absolute butterfly of a human being. She's beautiful mm-hmm. and. So kind, so sweet, absolutely. Hospital, home, whatever. 
um, we had some really comprehensive sessions where she, um, you know, we went over all of the potential mm, like medical things that could happen. And we made a plan sort of for each one with Harry and um, yeah, just made decisions about what we would do in every scenario um, in advance. And that's kind of how we went into it. I just had kind of perfect trust and I don't know, it just felt so right. And Nicole was so sweet and so kind and yeah. So that was that and I was just kind of on course to do that. And I was also, you know, we live very close to the hospital. So at any point I was always committed to going to the hospital if I just felt like it at any point. And obviously had no idea what to expect, but um, you know, I had a lot of like candles and affirmations and ideas about being in labor for a long time. This was my first baby. And um, yeah, and I thought my baby would be late because I'm typically like, uh, I have a longer menstrual cycle and mm. I just thought I'd be late and slow. That's kind of my vibe. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then, so I was due on January 9th and then on New Year's Eve, um, we went to our friend's place for a barbecue. And I remember just not being able to cope. We were sitting on the grass on a slope and I just could not cope. Like my body couldn't handle the slope. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so I went to lay down and I ended up just like laying by myself in a room in the dark, um, just relaxing and just sort of floating and feeling like very sort of out of my body and just very distant from the world. Um, and we had friends visiting from Norway who wanted to see the fireworks. So then we drove back from Morandite and, um, we ended up like trying to go to a bar and we took a tram to Edinburgh Gardens. It was like a whole crazy night. Um, we saw the fireworks at midnight and then um, came home and played some games and they slept on the couch and it was like a lovely night. And then, um, so they were, they, I'm in a studio, right? So they were on a couch and I was in my bed. And then at five o'clock in the morning, I went to pee, but I just kept peeing and I was like oh. I was sitting there like this is taking a really long time. <laughs> like surely not like I'm not ready to give birth like I'm not even due till the ninth I'm not planning to have a baby yeah. if he's gonna be an Aquarius not a Capricorn like I had all these ideas was it a different sensation to like when you're regularly peeing it just kept coming out it just mm. kept falling out I was like surely not mm. um and I went back to bed and then I went back and I was just like, oh, that's a lot of liquid. So I put on one of the like postpartum nappies that I had um, and it just kept coming, just gush after gush. And I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. Um, and I was really, really upset about it at first because I wasn't ready. Um, I just I, I thought it would be the 20th and there was New Year's Day. It was the first. Um, so but then I realized like that night the Edinburgh garden, like riding the tram. And there were so many instances that night. We kept saying like, this is just magical timing. Like this is divine timing. We said everything kept happening in these very strange ways. And I remembered that and I realized like, wow, like my baby knows, like my baby is divine timing and has divine timing. And he knows it's time. It's his time. So I felt so much peace wash over me when I thought about that. And I just laid there and I was just like, okay, this is happening. I messaged my doula and I waited. And um, 
I had my first surge around like seven a.m. something like that, and yeah, I think Harry finally woke up at eight, and I like turned to him, and I was, and my friend's still sleeping on the couch. Turned to him, and I was like, "Having a baby," and he was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "We're having a baby," <laughs> and um. So then we just kind of laid there like giggling for ages and kind of being all snuggly. And then my friends woke up and, um, you know, they were like, oh, it's such a beautiful day. And I was, I was like, it is a beautiful day because <laughs> I'm in labor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and they were incredible. like, what? So, but I said, you know what? I'm a first time mom. Like, it's going to take ages. It's going to be like 40 hours. Don't even worry let's break out the games again. Let's get our friends back here from last night. Like, let's play. Like, I'll just be with you guys. And like, I'd rather have the good energy. So, but they ran out, they were like, okay, but they went, ran out and got us groceries, which was amazing. They did a huge shop for us. And um, yeah. And then I don't, the morning just kept unfolding. They were like, you know, backpacking. So they had all their stuff laid out to like repack and I remember just like looking out the windows at the birds having a contraction and like thinking like, this is getting a bit intense. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure I can talk anymore. And then at some point I had to like go to the toilet, go to the bathroom um, to feel them. because I was like, I couldn't be around other people anymore. And then I remember I went to the toilet for one and I came out and Harry was there and I said, everyone needs to leave right now. Like nobody, ha like my friends hadn't gotten there with the game and nothing. I was like, they need to go. <laughs> and I don't remember how it happened, but they were so good. They got out really quickly. And um, it was just so fast. Like my first contraction, I think was, yeah, at 6 a.m. And then by 11, it was like really going fast, like no time in between. And I didn't understand why. <laughs> I was so confused. And my doula was on her way, but she wasn't coming fast. And um, yeah, it was just like that. And I tried, I was on the toilet like the whole time. And I tried to like be in my space and I wanted to like rock and dance and be somewhere beautiful. But I just couldn't handle being anywhere else. That was like my safe place. And um, yeah, every surge I was like, stretching up like trying to like just get the feeling out and making like vocalizing a lot and um I'm in a small like apartment building so yeah I'm sure all my neighbors heard me <laughs> and, yeah and it was just like this and then I felt I felt pushing like um what's the word like uh the fetal ejection yeah like I couldn't help it um that actually lasted I feel like pushing lasted a really long time but also time was a bit of a vortex um and at some point Nicole made it so my doula came and Harry and Nicole were just like crouched in front of me while I was like on the toilet just like freaking out stretching crying <laughs> out, just like projecting my voice and um and they were just there telling me it was okay and um it was amazing yeah I felt like I was expressing a lot of uh doubt and fears um but I didn't feel them inside. It was almost like they, when they came up, they just came out my mouth. And that was my way of just like shooting the pain and the fears and the doubt out was like expressing them. That meant that in my head, I actually could feel secure, um, if that makes sense. Mm. But then I, yeah, expected my, my birth support team to 
just take care of me. And so it was almost like, yeah, my doubt and fear was like not a part of me. It was like outside and they were dealing with it and they were reassuring me. So I was taking in reassurance and putting out fear and that allowed me to feel safe inside. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Mm, there yeah, was that makes a lot sense. of like channeling, like the feelings were so large. They had to like bypass me and kind of like escape. So that was like the vocalizing and yeah, it was amazing. And, and so the pushing was crazy and the vocalizing was like very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing was just like super tiring. I really wanted to get off the toilet, but like I just couldn't because it was like my safe place. Mm. Um, and I kept saying like, I don't want to have my baby in the toilet. And they <laughs> like, okay, then you can come off this way. And <laughs> And I can't, I can't get off. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, it's okay. But then I was like, I don't want to have a baby in the door. Cycle. Oh my god. Yeah. But eventually, I was. They were like, okay. They're like, you need to come off the toilet now. And so I think they put a chair, and I put my elbows on the chair and got on my knees. And yeah, I, I kept saying like, I want my baby, I want my baby. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, even I, I think, yeah, the head kind of came and Harry was behind me. And then with like one push, it was like, baby out. Just popped out, wow. Out the baby and passed him through my legs. And then I was like, wow. had my baby. Ooh. And um, oh my God. it was so amazing, yeah. Wow. So how long was it start from finish, start uh, to finish in the end? The first contraction at yeah 6 a.m. and had my baby at 2.39 p.m. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's very quick for a first labor. Sure. It was shocking. I just yeah. had no idea what was happening. Um, and so smooth, really. feels so lucky because he must have been in a good position to just be able because didn't, he didn't need that time to turn or anything like that. Um, and I think my doula said, you know, it was amazing you could be on the toilet because she was saying the toilet was too intense for her. So she was saying like the toilet was probably that that gravity and like that position was probably ideal. Um, and that's maybe part of why he came fast and efficient. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was just holding him and me and Harry were on the floor in the bathroom mm. <laughs> and just like crying and. I said, it's your son. We have a boy. Mm. Wow. And it was just so amazing. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. 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 And can you tell me about how are the next few days after birth, the next few weeks? How is your postpartum period with him? It's just all so much, isn't it? First of oh all, God. I'm really <laughs> grateful to have had um, um, like an undisturbed physiological birth. Um, because to be home after that, to be able to like hop right in bed and to be able to birth my placenta like at my own speed. And, you know, once we'd had a few hours of that skin to skin, my doula helped me in the shower and like just to have that care. Like she was like on, like at my feet, washing the blood off my legs. Like I just felt so safe. And I think all of that and the skin to skin and the safety and the lack of pressure really contributes to um yeah just like as much development of, of those postpartum hormones as you can get really and I think they're very protective hormones um I think that 
like the first few nights of not sleeping, I felt like a superhero. Like I felt really pure bliss and a lot of um, energy, just a lot of energy and power and joy and bliss. And I do think that it was extremely hormonal. Um, and so I think that those postpartum hormones are protective for the postpartum experience for the bonding. Um, so we were probably high like that for like two weeks, <laughs> um, which helped with the sleeplessness. Oh, yes. Amazing. And how was your feeding journey? Yeah, it was hard because he was small. So he was um, 3.0, no, 2.8. Is that right? Yeah, 2.8. Yeah. Um, and so he was not super hungry. Um, yeah, so there was just some concern around that. So they wanted us to triple feed. So we did that for a little while. I would uh, feed him. And then express while my partner fed him, like expressed milk with a syringe. Um, and we did that. And that was really hard. And they wanted us to do it every three hours, um, starting the three hours from the beginning of the feed. And, you know, it got to a point where he wasn't like a reflexy or like a spit up, spitty yuppie baby. Mm-hmm. Still isn't. But, you know, he would like have vomiting, like real mm-hmm. vomiting, not spit up. And we just felt this is so wrong. Like this doesn't feel right. And also that really interfered with that magical feeling I was talking about before. Okay. Like um, same as visitors um, doing this like on the clock. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're like into sci-fi, but we're really into sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, sci-fi, sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen Battlestar Galactica? No, I haven't actually seen that, but I really very want to see good. it. <laughs> very good. And the first episode is basically like these people are in space and um, these kind of uh, AI kind of mm. enemies are chasing them. And basically like they can get to them, like like they have to kind of blast off or like disappear to another part of space wow. every 90 minutes. And after 90 minutes, that's how long it takes the um, enemies mm. to kind of like reorient and find mm-hmm. them again. and so it's this like story the first episode is this story of like they have 90 minutes to eat sleep recuperate and then they have to battle again (laughs) and that's how it felt like we called it Cylon cycles because that's how it felt like it felt this clock this alarm would go Mm -hmm. off and then it's like oh do the thing and meanwhile the baby's sleeping peacefully I'm having to like put wet towels on his face it was horrible so that didn't feel right and um we kind of stopped Mm -hmm. and I'm glad we did Um, But it was really scary to not follow the advice of um, all the nurses that were coming and weighing him and telling us things. And Mm. um, yeah. And, and then after that, there was just a lot more advice, but I kind of had to, after that, I just had to tune it out and just Mm. tune into my baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're feeding okay. And he's good at latching and it's still really hard. (laughs) It's still really hard somehow. he's popping on and off now mm-hmm. which is a nightmare mm-hmm. starting to get distracted with the world around him yes yeah and um pumping is a whole other special nightmare mm. oh, God, you yeah. know, I thought I needed this like freezer full like on TikTok like all the moms have like but it's like <laughs> oh like all of this like gorgeous freezer full of perfect milk and <laughs> I just didn't pump that much and um now I try to pump to replace a bottle when he gets a bottle. So if he um, is with his nana and I'm studying, I try to pump while I'm studying. So I have these like in bra sort of things. 
Um, but it takes like an hour to get 80 mils, which isn't even a bottle. So it's hard okay. and yeah, it's hard emotionally. Um, but I just realized I just went ahead and like measured my nipples because I was like, well, maybe, I don't know, surely I'm like normal, but I'm using a 24 millimeter flange, flange, I don't know. Yes, how to say flange, it. yeah, yeah. Flange. Um, so I was like, why don't I just check? And like, evidently I have the tiniest nipples in the world. Really? Like, okay. I have massive breasts, so mm. I don't understand, but I measured them. And I showed the picture to the um, consultant with the company that I bought the um, pumps with. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you need these inserts. So now I'm going to buy these inserts. And I'm hoping that all of a sudden I'm just going to be like a fountain of breast mm-hmm. milk. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you just yeah. you don't realize that, do you? Like I was speaking this morning with a lactation consultant that I just recorded an episode with and she was speaking about. Yeah, how there's different nipple sizes, you know, yeah. there's inverted nipples, there's like long totally. nipples, there's all these different yeah. kind of sizes. Yeah, and you only that, really know yeah. yours. I mean, yeah. like you see boobs, but yeah. I just thought they were normal. So. Yeah, and you, and you just see a breast pump that's just like it doesn't say anything about your nipple totally. size or shape on it and you just think, oh, it must just be a universal thing. Exactly, you just put your boobs in there yeah. and you get, get what milk, milk right? you can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like maybe I'm just, you know, I'm a low supplier or like mm-hmm. I am I have low supply. So now, I don't know, I'm eating oats, I'm drinking oat milk. I'm like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Yes. Um, But yeah, hopefully if I do get the right size, it will make a difference. And if I can just pump one bottle fairly quickly without it being super painful, um, I'd be so happy yeah <laughs> just, and yeah and I want to really give him a bottle before bed now really really want to um, so I think if I can't pump it I'll I'll do formula just before just for one bottle before bed because he's still he's still very tiny even though he's healthy mm. growing but yeah he's small small baba yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and thanks for the battle galactica <laughs> tip oh as well I'm gonna I made a so note good. so we're always looking for more sci fi, like my yeah. partner and I. We started watching like um, Star Trek Next Generation last yeah. night, and I'd never it's the best. seen it before. Yeah, so excited. I feel like Star Trek was like such a core of my love story with my partner. Mm-hmm. Like, we watched yeah, Star yeah. Trek, and it's like so philosophical and interesting. And like, yeah, anyway, sci fi is the best. And yes. Star Trek is amazing. Definitely watch Star Trek. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'd never seen it before, but yeah, we're yeah. All, always on the lookout for more sci-fi awesome (laughs) maybe we'll get to have another conversation sometime yeah (laughs) yeah and otherwise there's so many aspects to postpartum isn't there there's my physical recovery there's Eden's development there's um the visitors and um and then there's like the experience of having had an undisturbed birth and then going into postpartum where I think every mother will agree there's so many opinions there's oh my god yeah nice so many opinions and you've never needed help or advice more than you do in those moments as a first-time mom and it's so unhelpful Mm. it's awful because it's really you want it so bad but none of it can really help because at the end of the day I mean things help but like nobody knows your baby but you yeah, so, totally. And there's so much conflicting advice. And there's a lot of advice that looking back, I realize it's actually not beneficial um, to breastfeeding or to um, parent-child bonding. Like the triple feeding, I don't know if it helped him 
grow. We're still having trouble with his size, despite him being so strong. He he's rolling at four months. He's so strong. He's just wow, okay. Um, yeah. The tiny little bean. I'm small, so. Mm. But yeah, I think if you're not careful with that advice, like you know, formula feeding that early can make you lose your supply. Pumping that early can give you an oversupply, which can lead to mastitis, which can lead to there's all sorts of things, breast refusal, bottle preference, all of these things. And more than anything, there is value in the experience, in the experience, like there's value in the experience, you know, like going and following my child's rhythms, again, like supports the beneficial hormones, the oxytocin, the warmth, the love, the bliss. Whereas waking him up on a strict schedule and pumping him full of more milk than he needs it messed with the feeling, the positivity. And I think it is those hormones and that positivity that lifts you through that period. So yeah, I, it's still four months. So my brain is still scrambled, but I think that I will have a lot of thoughts and a lot of things to say about postpartum advice and postpartum interference and intervention. Mm. I do think that, yeah, the, the experience of the mother and the baby and the family is not valued over this small risk potential for harm to the baby. You see that in birth, you see that in pregnancy, and then I didn't know about it until I experienced it, but we absolutely see it in postpartum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, complicated ideas and thoughts about that, but um, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you, and I think it's the interference in postpartum something that isn't there's not as much awareness about it you know there's so so much of a growing awareness around it happening in birth and in labor and pregnancy and but the postpartum is yeah we're alone you don't really hear about it yeah we're alone and it has such an effect like maybe even a greater effect because pregnancy it's over birth okay it ends Mm -hmm. like a traumatic birth experience is a horrible thing but it ends but the Things that we tell mothers to do postpartum have an effect for a long time. If you're passionate about your breastfeeding journey and you are your supply is impacted by the things that you do in those first 12 weeks, you know, it might there's just so much. Like, for example, even like this relatively simple concept, they teach you to practice feed play sleep. Like Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the point of that, right, you know, it's to avoid a dependence on feeding to sleep um, because what they want is for babies to fall asleep independently in their cots, which, okay, I wish some babies do. Some babies do naturally, but not all babies. Most babies want to be held. I wish that I had never done feed play sleep because I have a child that doesn't fall asleep easily. He's alert and curious at this point. And, um, when I feed him to sleep, it's the only time, like I've, I've actually like, we're working on learning how to do it because I want to hold my baby. I want to like hold him in my arms. I want to hold him for while he's sleeping and be able to look down at him. You know, I want to breastfeed and I want that connection. Um, but when you do feed, play, sleep, they get used to feeding when they wake up and then you don't, like I have a just enough supply of I don't think I have issues with supply. I've been told I have issues with supply, but I don't think I do. And so by the time they're ready to go to sleep again, I haven't built up enough to give him a satisfying nurse 
experience and so you can't fall asleep at the breast. Um, and I just kind of perpetuated this, denying myself and my baby this privilege and this joy of falling asleep in my arms, breastfeeding. And it's like, okay, maybe it creates like habits that might be difficult or like you'll need to adjust later, but it's the, it's the reward. Like having your baby fall asleep in your arms is mm. the reward. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing as well. Mm. And the peace, like so much of it can be so challenging, but to have that peaceful experience of your baby falling asleep in your arms is um, something that I think most women mm. want. <laughs> so if they can, you know, you can also bottle feed to sleep and have them fall asleep in your arms. But yeah, feed, play, sleep is a very sort of strict mm. idea. I don't think you need to think about like messing with the way that they sleep until, you know, at this point, four months, I think we're ready to start adjusting his sleep um, methods and that kind of thing. But I don't know. Sorry, mm. I have so much to say. No, yeah, no, I completely agree. I feel like I heard so much about that as well and I felt like I should be doing it there's so many like shoulds in early parenthood or parenthood in general but that I got really caught onto at the start and I think it's as you were saying before because as a new parent as a new mother you're just searching for anything for someone to tell you this is how you should be doing things or like you're doing things okay but like <laughs> I think that yeah, you're searching for that, but at the end of the day, you do know what's best. And even if you kind of have that idea in your head, you you are still still searching for that other thing. But so many of my favorite memories are like feeding Hazel to sleep. You know, yeah. like I just love watching her little face like kind of drift off, and she's so happy on there, and it's like, yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. and the suck the suck skittle like. <laughs> I just found it so cute I'm like, okay she's falling asleep <laughs> and yeah. that creates oxytocin as well which again is it's all so stressful but if you raise the stress hormones like the um, cortisol and the adrenaline and you lower the oxytocin we have less protection against those difficult early days the more oxytocin we get the better we can cope with, with those early days so and the better be for our infant and yeah so it's yeah I feel I have angry feelings <laughs> about that kind of thing. yeah fair yeah. enough yeah and how about your uh, sleep journey with Eden how's that been yeah so at first I would say like in the beginning it felt like I didn't need sleep like I just felt so delirious so happy I was like I yeah, I don't need sleep. And Harry was like home and we were getting up, you know, and doing the cycles together. And I don't know, I had like a, my like special cart with my stuff on it and then like lactation cookies. And I would just like get up and pump and eat cookies. It was fun. <laughs> um, three and a half months later, it's not so fun. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I learned, yeah, I mean, at some point I learned how to do it by myself. So I stopped needing Harry in the nights. And for a long time, he was just going down in the bassinet by, you know, without any kind of, yeah, it was, you know, incremental. First, he was a newborn and it was so lovely. He just slept and he slept on us. 
he just drifted peacefully off like wherever you put him it was gorgeous and then he started to wake up more and need the bouncing and the walking and then and the sling and we figured it out and um, but still at night he would go down and then um, for some time he was doing like six to seven hours at night and um, that was awesome and it was just one feed yeah but that kind of has changed <laughs> so I don't know if he's regressing now a bit early or what's going on but yeah it's a bit more I think I'm still pretty lucky but yeah it's more like two two wake-ups in the night and kind of maybe won't go down after the last one so sometimes we're up at four and that's just the end of the night um and sometimes yeah after the first one he won't go down and I've had some middle of the night kind of breakdowns because I think it would be one thing if I had another place to go besides our studio room as you can see this is the bed this is the rest of the world um so because I don't want to wake Harry because he's going to work and stuff and he just does so much in the day and I need him to be I need him to be positive and energized and like not sleep deprived but when I can't put him down, it's not like I can go to the living room and close the door and turn on the light and have a little play and then try again. Like, um, you know, we're just here in the dark. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's hard sometimes. But overall, I think he's I think it's OK. I've heard I've heard worse. Yeah. Yeah. It did do six and a half last night. So that was a special night. <laughs> And he did sleep through the night once three weeks ago. Okay. That was amazing. How did you feel the next hours. day? <laughs> I was on top of the world. I told everyone. I made an Instagram post. I was like, my baby sleeps through the night. <laughs> it felt like a baby Then book. the next slide, it's like, oh. Yeah, then it got really bad, actually. After that, it got really bad. And then daylight savings happened, and that was really bad. Spanner in the works, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. And how about your postpartum support? You mentioned your family is in the US? Yeah, so that's really hard for me. I mean, that's continuously hard for me as just a lifestyle and an identity thing. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Um, but my dad actually did end up coming um, for three weeks. Oh, nice. so that was amazing. He came over from Colorado and um, in March. So Eden was about two months old. And um, yeah, and he did so good. He, he really, because basically Eden only naps in the sling, in the ring sling. And yeah, he was able to learn how to use it. And um, for a few glorious weeks, he was like popping up at 8 a.m., mm. taking the baby in the sling and just so leaving nice. me for a glorious nap. Asleep in, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or like the best was when this one weekend, it felt like the whole thing was like a training up to this one weekend where I think there was a three-day weekend. I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, and my partner and I got to sleep in together. So that was like, yes. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. You don't realize how little time or time alone yeah. in the bed that you'll actually have That's together. It. Yeah. It's really valuable. And that was another part of postpartum was at some point I kind of cracked and I was like, we just take care of the baby. I need you to take care of me. You know, like I really needed um, to be like cuddled. And we usually like, we like watching t uh, TV at night, but I think we didn't watch TV at all for like five weeks, which very unlike us. Um, and at some point, yeah, I just cracked. I was like, I got to get the baby out of the bed. I got to get like, I got to watch TV with my, with my partner. I need like some hair stroking and some like, you know, back rubbing. Like I just need some sense of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And how much time did Harry have off work? And how did you find that yeah. transition when he did go back? 
Yeah, so we're super lucky. His work is very supportive. And so he got a month, which was just amazing. And we were just, after a month, I think we were just about kind of ready, you know, and we were just, at two weeks, we looked at each other. We were like, how does anybody go back now? And in the U.S., moms go back at two weeks. So mm-hmm. just I, hard to imagine. Yeah, really hard to imagine. I mean, just between the physical, I needed help. Mm-hmm. And imagine if I had a C-section, like, yeah. So we were really fortunate to have a month. And then he got to work from home for a month as well. So, um, And then even after that, he's gone back, but he only works two days um, in the office. So, yeah, we're really, really lucky. And I just feel so lucky because it's hard. I can't imagine being alone all day. And, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how people just do it. Yeah, yeah. Like five days a week. So many moms are out there five days a week Mm -hmm. and doing all the nights. Like I do Mm -hmm. all the nights, but you know, Harry can do his work on the computer while Eden naps in the sling with him, and that gives me some time. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how anyone does it. And how about work yourself? You mentioned earlier you were working as a postpartum doula. How long were you doing that before? Yeah, you so I never did that as a job. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, I just yeah. do the volunteer stuff. Um, okay, and I'm just taking yeah. a break from that. I don't know how long because I can't imagine. At this mm. point, I don't really understand how I can mm-hmm. do that. I mean, my doula has children, but yeah, she, they're like one. So I don't think I'll be doing it soon. Um, but yeah, I was working in disability support, so mental health disability support and um, uh, reception at a women's clinic. Um, yeah, and all that, I just, I can't imagine again. I just don't know how I'm going to do anything ever again. <laughs> um, I'm also a student, so that's my main, anytime I have a moment and the, my mother-in-law takes care of him on Thursdays, you know, I, anytime I have a moment, I'm studying. So, and it's really hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. What are you studying? I'm studying psychology. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm still kind of in the beginning of that. I, I'll i finish my grad dip hopefully this year and then honors and then master's. So it's a oh, wow. long journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. huge. The it is. uni courses take so much of our brain yeah, power. It's harder mm-hmm. than anything. Like for me, I did uni in the US. I finished okay. with a degree in 2020. Um, yeah, <laughs> this... Australian uni is no joke it's very different and much less much less attentive much less caring much less like present it's a lot harder I find it a lot harder so okay such a shame Mm. I know I'm struggling so much Mm. with the school and the time when you need the support the most yes and my brain doesn't work that's another thing about postpartum Mm -hmm. and pregnancy I've just been scrambled and shuffled and I remember I was saying like I didn't watch TV for like five weeks, but then even when I could watch TV, I couldn't, I like dark shows, like twisty, complex, interesting. I couldn't watch anything dark. I can't even bear the thought of like a child having any moment of difficulty. Like even to this day, like I've just been changed uh, mentally and intellectually. So yeah, school is very difficult to concentrate on. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. And what is the biggest challenge that you've faced so far since being a parent? I think, yeah, maybe it's that, like, feeling like I can't relax him. Um, feeling like at some point I felt a lot that he didn't like me and he didn't love me and that he loved his father more and 
also he looks a lot like his dad's family and I'm surrounded by his dad's family and I don't have my family here and um, my dad's Israeli and I grew up in the U.S. so it's like I didn't really grow up knowing his family or culture and I'm scared about that with Eden as well like Mm. um, I really want him to know my world and my culture and my family and you know we've made choices that mean that that might not happen and so yeah that's a little him him looking so much like Harry being a boy and um yeah (laughs) I think that's kind of hard and yeah just sometimes feeling like I don't matter or I don't um yeah (laughs) there's been some dark moments I would say mental health wise in that way yeah feeling like they would be fine without me kind of thing Mm. um yeah or that like I'm not even good at breastfeeding and like I can't even like relax him and stuff like that um has been probably the most challenging Mm, uh, I'm sorry to hear that's (laughs) such hard things to be feeling yeah Mm. yeah but I think now that he's um growing up a little bit more it's changing like those smiles like he's a bit later in the smile game than um but now that he's doing responsive smiling it's very rewarding and it's connection and I feel that connection and I'm really yeah I love Mm. it I really love it Mm. oh beautiful that's helping yeah definitely (laughs) yeah well thank you for sharing that yeah Mm. yeah and how's your relationship with Harry changed since you've become parents yeah I looked at that question I was like oh my god it's a whole universe each question is like a whole universe um (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing, I would say. Uh, I'm very grateful that he's, like, amazing in a lot of ways. Um, Very supportive, but also just has, like, a very positive attitude. Whereas I can go into, like, negativity and complaints and stuff, but I feel that it's safe to do so because um, he doesn't, you know? And I almost feel really selfish that... Because I think that if he were to complain or be negative... I would really not like that at all. It would be very hard for me. Um, but I feel like everyone deserves that, but I'm glad he doesn't. <laughs> um, and it might have to do with, yeah, sleeping through the night every night, like getting those glorious eight hours. But also all of this seems less complicated for him than it is for me emotionally. He just like loves his son and adores him. And yeah, so he's kind of my rock and he does a lot for me and the baby, like, um, yeah, wearing him for naps and just anytime I'm like losing it, he just makes me feel that it's okay to lose it. <laughs> and, um, he, you know, takes the baby and yeah, tells me I'm a good mom and yeah, still finds me attractive even though my body's changed and all that stuff. So, um, I would say that it's kind of, yeah, magnificent the way that it's changed. Like I, yeah, seeing him become a dad is just the sweetest thing. And um, and and practically, I depend on him a lot more. Yeah, so I've never depended on a man in my life. I've always been the one who makes the money, like, you know, takes them out to dinner. I've always okay. been that kind of woman. And um, now, obviously, I'm not working, and he is. So I'm just fully financially dependent. And I thought that that would be really, really scary. And somehow it's not. Yeah, oh, so feel really yeah able to depend on him in ways that I didn't think I would be so yeah yeah wow 
So that's a yeah. that's a massive change for your identity going from yes. being used <laughs> to being such an independent Very person. Much. Yeah. How how have those identity shifts been for you since you've become a parent I think it's still maybe a little bit early to reflect because it Mm, still is very much fresh yeah 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 it's only been he's so small and it's only been a couple months I don't know it just seems okay maybe maybe because Harry's so nice about it you know he never makes me feel like I shouldn't spend money or something like that um and I just don't feel like I need to spend a lot of money right now. Like everything's about Eden. Like I don't need to buy, I don't, I'm not thinking about, I mean, I long, <laughs> I long to buy like clothes that fit and like, but it's not like I'm actually able to do it anyway. <laughs> so yeah. And I guess because I still have school, I'm still like, I have my busyness that is all about me. So um, yeah, so far it's been okay. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned the changes in your body and that's so beautiful that Harry still makes you feel so yeah. loved and valued. But how is that feeling for you around your own body image? I think it's getting freakier. <laughs> I think it's getting worse. I think right after birth, um, yeah, because you go from like pregnant to not pregnant, you're like, I'm so thin. <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> you're like, I feel so little now. And um, also I was high, so I was like, I don't even (laughs) mind. Like Eden can have my whole life. I will give everything to my baby. Like I don't (laughs) mind. In fact, I feel good and I I still look good. And and now is that feeling wears off and like I've sort of settled into like, I guess what will be my body. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it keeps changing. I don't know. But (laughs) it's hard. Yeah, it's hard because my breasts are so big and uncomfortable and like, I've just never been like this before. You know what I mean? I've always been curvy, but I've never been, I've never had like a, a tummy or yeah. So yeah, it is hard. I don't feel like myself and I don't feel like I can wear any of my clothes and Mm, it's a big one. Yeah. It's a big part of my identity, like getting dressed or just presenting myself to the world. And, um, I just don't know. And I think like all the other moms in my mom's group are, exercising and I really would love to but I don't know how like to do that (laughs) how do you find time how do you I know I don't understand how they're doing that yeah um and even when I do like grab a little like you know downward dog or something like that I feel so weak and I just don't know if I'll ever be able to like feel comfortable in my body ever again (laughs) so yeah I think yeah I've had some issues you know with food in the past and part of me like really I really wanted to um, get better with all of that to make a good example for my child and not have any restricting in the household and that kind of thing but part of me really does want to like restrict and like lose weight and stuff like that so Mm. it's a it's a journey I would say yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 your body just goes through such massive shifts and your hormones are all over the place and I can really resonate with what you were saying of just not feeling like yourself that's like the biggest thing and when all these clothes like you have a whole wardrobe of clothes that just don't fit you anymore and that's such a big part of your identity and it's not really feasible to just go out and 
buy a whole new wardrobe, yeah. like all the clothes you could possibly want. And you want, can't so. because these are special items. Like you mm. find them at op shops or they're given to you on travels or your girlfriend. Like my clothes are my clothes and now mm-hmm. they're not. So yeah, it's really weird to look back at pieces like photos of myself wearing like, you know, a wrap top that I wore in 2021 and be like, that doesn't even... I can't even wear that with a bra underneath now. Like, whereas I used to be able to wear it just with nothing underneath, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's scary. And yeah, especially the breasts, like it's, I'm a really short person and they're very big and it totally like obscures my, I have a really short torso. So it's like completely get like obscures my whole <laughs> mm-hmm. body. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And you mentioned your mother's group. How's your experience with the mother's group been and how have your friendships in general changed? Yeah, so the mom's group is, I would say it's good. We just started, although it feels like it's almost over because it's just two six sessions. Um, But yeah, I mean, the other moms do seem to be like doing, I guess, just different than me. Like I maybe have always been a bit more like complicated about everything and they all seem like pretty simple about stuff and yeah they're exercising and giving bottles and things don't seem hard um one of the moms has a baby that's waking up every two hours like since birth so I'd like to get a little closer with her Mm. um just because that seems a bit even though my baby's not sleeping the same way it seems a bit more like um a challenging experience but I feel like it's challenging for everyone maybe it just takes time to open up Mm, definitely yeah and otherwise there were some um friendships that like actually my my very best friend uh of many years like talk every day and I attended both of her births um she decided when I was pregnant that she didn't want to be friends anymore so that was devastating Mm, absolutely devastating and I'm still really heartbroken over that so I'm still really grieving because because you were pregnant no just who knows Mm. I think she had her own reasons, um, Mm. wanted to distance herself from her dependence on me or, um, yeah, just wanted to maybe move on with her life away from Mm. me, but she didn't do it in a very nice way and it was really devastating. Yeah. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, friend breakups are really tragic. Mm, So bad. Yeah. And I really thought, I always thought she would be at my birth because I was at hers and I thought, you know, I thought I would have my best friend raising my baby and be able to, like, text her all the time. And, yeah, so that was a real blow. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that's impacted your parenting journey at all, not having her there? Gosh, it's so hard to think because since, I mean, it's been so many months since our breakup um, that now my feelings about her have changed so much. You know, I used to, obviously, we loved each other very much and, I would say I'd still love her, but I'm very angry and hurt. So I, I don't know, like in some ways I feel like it's probably for the best. Um, yeah, that I was spending a lot of energy supporting her maybe. And maybe it just was right that we should part ways before I was going to need support instead and not really have a lot to give for a little while. Okay. So, yeah, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> mm. oh, still so hard though, yeah. so discombobulating when things like that happen absolutely especially when you imagine things will be a certain way and 
And, you know, Absolutely. I didn't grow up here. I don't have that circle of friends that's like um, ride or die, you know, girlfriends. Like, so, um, yeah, but I would say like relationships, like my relationship with Harry's family, I think has improved a lot. Like as soon as I had the baby, um, I think, yeah, his, his sister's like attitude towards me, whereas we had had like a bit of a rocky relationship before. Um, really changed and she's just like Mm. extraordinarily loving with the baby and um, warmer towards me and so that was really nice yeah Mm. oh that's nice bringing you all closer beautiful but overall Mm. you know there are some very special women in my life that are not near me and I really really wish they were yeah so important to have that yeah I miss them like kind of more than anything now Mm, okay yeah we'll see with the mother's group you know it'd be really nice if some strong friendships formed I hope Mm, they do yeah 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 I hope so for you too Mm, yeah and how is everything going for you guys now I guess every day is new right like Mm. every week is new he's changing so much um Mm. my 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 strength is coming back so that really makes a difference yeah so and the days are changing they're getting shorter and the nights are longer and yeah, so I would say overall, I would say we're really good. Like, I'm really grateful. I can't imagine a different life now. I can't remember mm. what life was like before, really. But yeah, I would say we're really good. He's amazing. Like, the, there's like miserable, crazy, terrifying moments where I just like break down and want to scream. And there's like scary times where I'm like, oh, like, you got to take this baby because I'm going to do something bad and throw him across the room and I'm a horrible person. And um, and then there's just moments of absolute bliss and I think that's just the ride. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love it. Oh. <laughs> little noises. So cute. I love their little fading noises. Me so too. Mm. It's pretty special. The whole thing is just... Yeah. I never could have imagined, Magical. like... I never could have imagined how it would feel to be with a ba- like your own child. It's just, yeah, everyone's like, there's no words. And I'm like, surely I'll find words, but there aren't. <laughs> yeah, you can totally relate. Yeah. 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 Oh, gorgeous. Pretty cool. And yeah. Yeah. And how about if you could go back in time to visit yourself as a new parent, what would you kind of say to yourself about this journey you're about to embark on? Actually, so I've been really struggling for the last um, couple of weeks because his sleep has been really hard. Um, and I had my doula, I have like three postpartum visits left. So she came over for the first one yesterday and we had like a lovely time and we went out um, for a drink and there's these like kind of Nana ladies that go to the same wine bar that we go to and so they've met me a couple times and um we ran into them yesterday and they give me they gave me like the advice that I would give myself oh they said two things first they said oh right they said go with the flow and you're not doing anything wrong (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this just seemed like so simple but honestly meant the world to me because go with the flow to me meant like I don't need to like teach him how to sleep I don't need to like break any habits I don't need to aggressively form new habits my job is to attend to him like trust him accept accept him and accept our journey accept myself 
And um, that was really meaningful because I've been really struggling with whether I'm doing the wrong thing by letting him nap in the sling. Or, um, and then um, you're not doing anything wrong was just like, if I could just like plaster that all over every part of my apartment, like just need to hear that so much. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm doing everything wrong all the time. And I think to, to hear and know, I would tell myself, I would tell myself over and over, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, <laughs> seems so seems so simple, basic. Mm. Oh, it does, but it's it's wild how much I can completely resonate with that. I felt the exact same yeah. for the first six months or even a year. I don't know, <laughs> like around sleep, around yeah. feeding, around everything. There's so much noise oh, around yes. like what you oh. should be doing, or you know, even yes. the the play, feed, sleep routines yeah. and all of the things and when you don't follow it it's like oh is this I'm why gonna ruin him exactly yeah. I've never done but and and things literally tell you like oh they will not learn to link their sleep cycles you have to teach them or your baby will wake up every 45 minutes for the rest of its life like mm-hmm. no <laughs> and I believe that and I've been trying and fighting him and trying for the bassinet naps and this and that and I just realized like what like of course he's gonna learn to do that naturally of course he is. Why would we be created not being able to link our sleep cycles? He just needs time. So mm, he'll learn yeah. on his own. I don't have to teach him that. Like, I can teach him how to, like, tie his shoelaces. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> mm. it's like, but sleep is natural, even if it's challenging for humans and human babies, evidently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still learning. Yeah. It'll take time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How lovely that you see those old ladies. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone needs those old ladies. She just came yeah. out and said that to me. Like she didn't know I was having a hard time. She just like randomly just said that. I was like, how do you know? She's how like, I've done it because I'm yeah. a mom and a nana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So lovely. Oh. Yeah. And what has surprised you the most about parenthood so far and has becoming a parent changed any of your preconceived beliefs or ideas about parenting? Hmm. I mean, I it's like seems so simplistic, but you know, I think it's the love. Like, I it's just something you can't really understand before it happens to you. Like, feeling this kind of love and this kind of care and concern in good ways and bad ways, you know what I mean? Like before this, I didn't care about anything. I didn't wear my seatbelt. I do what I want, you know? <laughs> like now I'm worried. Like it's not only something happening to him, but something happening to me because I have to be there for him. So I think the love is surprising um, and so beautiful and so hard. <laughs> mm. And um what else? I guess just like the relentlessness, like the endlessness, like the non-stop, like, yeah, like you're never not. Like even if somebody could take him, even if someone could take him for a week and I could just go to Bali for a week, I wouldn't be going. I can't ever be apart from him, even when we're apart. You know what I mean? Like it will always be on my mind, in my heart. I will always kind of on some level, I think, want to be near him even when I'm tired of being near him and need a break. Even if there's no breaks, even when you're on a break, even when you take a break, get a massage, go to the gym, go to work, you're still 
you've formed a new it's like having a new arm or a new hand you know what I mean it's like Mm. part of me now and I can't ever not be attached to this being so Mm. yeah that was surprising Mm. yeah and sorry what was the other question has becoming a parent changed any of your preconceived Mm. notions about parenting I think it's just one of those things you got to ask me in a year because he's so Mm. new (laughs) so like for example you know all these ideas about like screen time or like um toys or you know all of respectful parenting I have a lot I have a lot of ideas um but all of them are about toddlerhood and um yeah more less less infancy I didn't have any ideas I didn't really understand anything about this part so yeah we'll see we'll see (laughs) yeah we'll check in with you again then yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the end of our questions now so yeah, that was so lovely to chat to you. Thank yeah, you so much likewise. for coming onto the podcast and, yeah, for taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, such a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Thanks for listening. Sharing our stories is such a meaningful way to connect with ourselves and others, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Definitely Baby Podcast for photos of our weekly guests, updates, or to share your own story. I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate the podcast or share with a friend. It really helps us to grow and help other parents feel more supported by these beautiful stories. I'll see you next week for another lovely episode.